0: And we are back, episode 20 Devils on the Rush. You got the fisherman here with Alex Chauvincy. Devils were busy this past week four games, uh, three out of four wins, uh, down the Blue Jackets on Tuesday, caught the Blues in St. Louis on Thursday, roasted the Tuxedo Chickens on Saturday, and down the Jets uh, last night at the Rock. Alex, this was uh, a week that we forecasted that we wanted six out of eight points. And just like that, it uh, looks like the Devils are back on track. What did you see this week?
1: Uh, yeah, I saw some good stuff from the Devils uh, pretty much. Even in that Blues game, I thought they played pretty well, too. Uh, they were getting back on track on 5 and 5 uh, Yeah, their depth scores scoring, got good goaltending. So it was another good week overall for the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. The, the Blue Jackets game was a little shaky for me. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, they just knew they were better than that team. Um, the Blues game was a little, little ugly. I uh, wasn't too thrilled with that, and I went to bed in anger, and I hate going to bed in anger. Um, <laughs> but it looked like they really picked it back up against the Penguins and the Jets, and it was the devils of... The 13-game winning streak, uh, out shooting opponents, out skating them. I mean, they 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 put the Penguins into the ground. Uh, the Penguins looked old and decrepit, um, <laughs> but we'll get into that later in the pod. Um, let, let's start with the Blue Jackets game specifically. What what did you see in that one? What impressed you? What didn't?
1: Um, yeah, so a, a lot of it was kind of interesting to see the reaction to that game on social media because the Devils were clearly the better team at five on five. But uh, the Blue Jackets mucked up that game pretty well. Even though the Devils had the better play at 5-on-5, the Blue Jackets blocked a lot of shots. And, uh, you know, of course, it took until the final second of the game for the Devils to come away with the win. But I thought they played pretty well overall in that game. Um, That wasn't the first game with Tatar, Heischer, and Mercer. So I was going to touch on that, but no, that wasn't it yet. Um, But I thought um, overall you got contributions from... um, Yegor Sharangovich broke a little bit of a goal drought um that line with him and Zetterland and Hall looked pretty good uh you had John Marino and Ryan Graves had their best game since getting paired back together since Marino returned from his injury so there was a lot of good to take away from that game even though it wasn't the prettiest um and it took a last second goal to win in regulation they were still the better team and I thought um I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I guess you could look at that game as where they're starting to get back on track at five on five a little bit because the rest of the week I thought they played pretty well too.
0: Definitely, I think with the Blue Jackets game, it was just like one of those ones. It was like, why are you keeping this t- team around? Like, why why are we we letting this team even think they have a chance to win? I, I hate. Goals late in the period. That's exactly what the Goudreau goal was. Um, and they answered pretty quickly with the Boquist goal as well. But to your point, uh, our Dark Lord, Vampire Sith, uh, Ryan Graves uh, really showed out that game uh, and obviously uh, put it away with one second left. Um, yeah, Sharon Govich got back on track. And, and I think this was also the nice start of a uh, Fabian Zetterlin, a.k.a. Zeus run. And he he's looking really good. I mean, he ever since he's drawn back in the lineup, he's had some really uh, important assists. Uh, and even last night, we saw the big goal. So uh, happy to see that depth scoring finally start to return this week, which uh, was important, especially with Jack being out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think if. They're gonna, yeah. Obviously, the Metropolitan Division is a bit of a, at least in the top three, is a bit of a dogfight right now. It's
0: like they're just. I mean, between. that's the, that's to say the least. I mean, it's the three hottest teams in the league are just the top three teams in the Metro.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, if you're gonna, you need obviously you want to keep pace with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. At the rate right they're winning, and you need your depth scoring to step up and to do that. And uh, yeah, I think against the Blue Jackets, that was the start of their depth scoring showing up a little more. Uh, so that was definitely good to see.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll get into a little bit later, but I think pushing Pilat a little bit down the lineup has actually helped the depth because he's such a stalwart. Um, and he he's really come back into the lineup and made a huge impact no matter what line he's been on. And I think Lindy is depending on him to to get that bottom six moving, uh, especially the third line. I think he, he's done great things there.
1: Yeah, I think that's why he moved once Jack came back, at least. That's why he moved them down to a line with Halla and Zetterlin. So I think that line's been okay at best, really, to be honest, since getting put together. But uh, it's only been a couple games, so we'll see as uh, they get more reps together, which I wrote about in the takeaway for the Jets game. But uh, overall, the Blue Jackets game was definitely a step in the right direction, I thought, Um, just at 5-5 five because five, it had been a while, really, since... They had control the game at five on five the way they did that night. So um, yeah, it was definitely good to see because January was really was a mess at five on five. So it was definitely a step in the right
0: direction. Shout out CJ for uh, pointing that out in every graph possible. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Blues game. Um, Would you think? I mean i uh, I was just so disappointed. I thought they were the better team for spurts of that game. They just oh just collapsed really
1: yeah it was um it was a bit of a strange one uh it's like usually i don't really associate the blues with like high event hockey but there was a lot of stuff happening in that game um yeah, i thought offensively the devils were pretty good uh they were definitely getting chances on jordan biddington but he had a good night uh i think the biggest issue that game was defensively and you know Ruff i think talked about it in his post-game press conference if i remember right. Um. You just kind of said they were sloppy with their puck management uh, and along those lines, um, which I don't disagree with. And yeah, I guess that's part of the reason why Siegenthaler took a seat for the game against uh, the Penguins. He had a rough game on Thursday um, against the Blues. So
0: but he wasn't the only one. I mean, Severson basically gave, what was it the Cairo goal? Or was it uh, yeah, there was a lot. goal?
1: I think that was Kairu's goal. Uh, or no, maybe it was Torepchenko. Uh Yeah, I think it was Toropchenko. But um, that, that goal was also, I mean, that was Severson turning the puck over, but it was also Miles Wood and Kevin Ball losing uh, board battles, one on one battles along the boards. And that was the same on the Kairu goal, too. Ryan Graves lost a board battle behind the net, uh, one-on-one, and Cairo made it 3-1 at that point, I think. That was the 3-1 goal, I think. So, yeah, they weren't great defensively that game. Um, You know, offense was fine, but they were definitely sloppy with their puck management and losing some of these one-on-one battles, um, which is what the Blues, when they're playing well, that's what they do well, um, is winning one-on-one battles and playing a physical game. So it was definitely a mixed bag overall
0: against St. Louis. Maybe they caught them a game too early, too, right? Uh, the big trade happened the, the day or two after. So, yeah, uh, a little unlucky there. But that was also the start of uh, the renaissance of Dawson Mercer. Uh, it seems like his game has just really come to the forefront since being reinserted in the top six, or let's say the top three next to Nico. Um, you know, and, and Zetterlin had another assist. And I don't say this lightly. I think that was Miles Wood's worst game of the season. Uh and he's had a lot of stinkers, but I mean the the turnovers, the lack of effort, the terrible penalty to crush the Devil's momentum and really yeah. just give give the Blues uh that fourth goal that really just killed all hopes of coming back, really. Um it that was a tough one. That was I that was a really tough one. And I think uh Devil's Twitter uh had the same sentiment.
1: Yeah, I mean That was probably his worst game, but because like he only played five minutes against the Penguins, so you can't even really say that was his worst game, even though he he wasn't playing well that game. That's why he got benched. But yeah, he didn't play well, um, against St. Louis. Um, yeah, I guess it is what it is at this point. They're not going to take him out of the lineup. Uh, I'm not really sure what it would take to get him out of the lineup at this point, but he did respond against the Jets, so um. That was good to see, but uh, yeah, I think the Blues game was probably one of their sloppier ones in recent memory, even though that they have had been getting outplayed at five and five for pretty much all of January. But, uh, you know, I just thought against St. Louis, uh, I don't know, maybe it was St. the Blues, just they play a physical style game, kind of got to them a little bit, but they've handled physical teams well this season, so I don't think you could even say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they handled the Jets perfectly, and, and the Jets really tried to turn that into a, a, a rock fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. The Jets, they don't the underwrite bonus. Like they can, they're not bad offensively, but they're more of a defensive team, and they rely on Connor Hellebuck, um, to, you know, get the job done, which he does more often than not. Um, and yeah, they handled that Jets game really well, which we'll get into in a little bit too. But uh, before that, there was that Penguins game, which they just kind of steamrolled Pittsburgh again. it Feels like they kind of have the Penguins number at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it's not even the Penguins number. I just think our style of play just just completely crushes the Penguins. Um, I'll say Saturday night was a fantastic night for me. I um, I was at Dim Sum, this new Dim Sum place in a redacted location, um, and it was phenomenal. I was stuffing my face with soup dumplings while watching Nico Heischer have the game of his life. Um, it, was, it was incredible because – Historically the Penguins have really just had the Devils number and this season it's the script's been completely flipped. Um uh, you know, with that being said, Mulkin continues his goal his goal scoring streak against the Devils. I don't know if it's the streak, but he's always traditionally killed the Devils uh for as long as I can remember. But this this game almost you know, this this really was a very encouraging game. They dominated the, the pace of play. Um they dominated shots, they blocked more shots. Hits were even, face-offs were even. They got the power play going again. Um, and and the penalty kill was good, one for five. I mean, I this was another one of those games where the referees just couldn't keep the whistle in their pocket. Um, the first period was extremely choppy with the penalties um, and even a little bit into the second. But what did, what did you see in the Penguins game?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought that was the best game that they had played uh man, like weeks. Honestly, um, that was a little choppy, like you said in the first period because of the penalties. But uh, I, after that, it was really all devils. Um, the Penguins just they have they still have the weapons offensively, uh, especially in their top six. But their defense is not what it used to be. You know, Brian Dumoulin is really starting to fall off as a stay at home defender. Um. Crystal Tang didn't have a great game. Uh, you know, it's just they're not what they were
0: on the back Imagine end. Imagine if they had a young right-hand defenseman. Well, yeah. I mean, John Marino and Mike
1: Matheson, they got rid of both of those guys. And I think Petrie's been all right for them. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've struggled without those two guys in the lineup because they fit what they wanted to do defensively so well. So, um, you know, their loss is the devil's gain, obviously. But, um, yeah, that was their best game that the Devils had played at 5-on-5. Five and, five. and, yeah, probably maybe in the new year, honestly. They just – the Penguins didn't have an answer for them. Uh, you know, some of the passing in that game on some of the, on the Devils' goals were pretty crazy. Like, Jesper Brad's goal uh, was, was pretty well, insane. Even the, even the
0: shorthanded goal, too, right? The, the yeah. give-and-go with Nico and and uh, Yeezy. Uh, that was really pretty. Um, and I think, you know, Dawson continued his, his streak in this game. But more importantly, this Nico woke up in this game, right? I think there yeah. was uh you know it was a little bit of a lag for him. Um, yeah, I think it was nine games without a goal or something like that. Maybe he was gripping the stick a little tighter just because he was near that uh 100 goal uh, marker. You never know when players get near one of those big milestones they they kind of grip the stick a little bit harder, but great to see Nico back doing Nico things.
1: Yeah, and that was the first game that they had. Ruff had put uh, Tatar and Mercer on uh, a line with Nico, so that was kind of the start of something that I was very much kind of. I was not necessarily Mercer with them those two, but I've been, you know, beating the drum for a while that Tatar and Heisher sure needs to be back together because they always put up good numbers um, as a, a pair, and whoever you put as uh, on their wing, I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's Zetterlund or Brat they had success now ralph is trying mercer something he hasn't done in the past and you know these two games over the weekend against pittsburgh and winnipeg that line was really killing it at five on five you know obviously nico had the five points or the yeah four points against pittsburgh and five points for the weekend overall um mercer um i think was it the penguins game where mercer had eight shots on goal
0: right Something like that, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah. He he shot out of a can in that game. He just looks like a completely different player. I think he just got lost in the shuffle a little bit, like in, in the bottom six with the the lines not being consistent. But I mean, when he gets a good center, he's 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 a he's a strong winger. Yeah, that's the thing. that I
1: think they've been kind of miscasting him in the bottom six for too much of the season, and now you put him on a line with Tatar and he's sure Um, They're all pretty good uh, 200-foot players, uh, all three of them. And Mercer obviously has some scoring upside. So it was good to see that Ruff has found some magic with the first line. And now he can put Bratt and Hughes back together, um, which has also been a dominant combination over the last couple of years, especially this season. Um, And, you know, they have Sharon Govich on that line uh, for the time being, and they looked really good against Pittsburgh, that trio. Um, So that was good to see that they kind of settling in on a top six that they can use here for the next couple of weeks until the trade deadline. We'll see what happens then. But, um, yeah, the Hughes-Bratt and Sharon Govich line was really good in addition addition to to Tatar, Heisher, and Mercer. And uh, Penguins just didn't have any answer for those two lines.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I know Hughes had two points in that game. Uh, It looks like he's still trying to get his feet under him a little bit. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Some shaky plays in the defensive zone, but – Hughes doing Hughes and just just racking up points, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that pass to Brat I and mean, Govich got it started, but then it was like just, you know, tic-tac-toe passing between the three of them. Um and Tokarski had no chance of stopping that. Even the Penguins announcers when I was watching the highlights after the game were like, "Oh, there's no chance Tokarski could have gotten over there quick enough to make the save." So when you have that kind of, kind of high-end skill in your top 6, uh, you can pull off stuff like that that teams really just can't defend against, especially a team like Pittsburgh. that's a little older and slower uh, on the back end. That's putting um, it
0: politely. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, um, uh, and that's why the Devils you know have had, I guess, have their numbers. Good way to put it. They are three zero and zero against them this season. But um, yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh is just not what they used to be. And like, it's kind of clear that their time, their window is definitely closing.
0: Yeah, definitely, and, and and you know, two two more things of note. I mean, this is a division rival. Anytime you can be three zero and zero against a division rival, someone that you're 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 putting even more distance between you and the final playoff spot or the first wild card spot, depending on on the day you look, either them or the Caps, um, and that might even change. Uh, you know, I guess. Not with the Islanders after today's news. Uh, yeah, we got a race
1: in. In the, from the Atlantic division. So
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, if anything, it will probably be the Panthers or uh, Buffalo or even uh outside shot of the Red Wings kind of making a little bit. Yeah, they've now gotten too. hot lately. Yeah, because I guess Dylan Larkin really wants that $9 million a year, but I still don't think Stevie Y is giving it to him. Um, Dougie Hamilton, another power play goal. I mean – what a year difference makes, right? I mean, he, he was a quarterback of the power play last year, and we all know the woes that it had. And and I think it's important to note, like, I know they're 19th or 20th in the league in power play, but like, it doesn't feel like that, right? It feels like the, at least the first unit, right? We, we won't even touch on the second unit because it's <laughs> a wasteland. No yeah, there's no point, but at least the first unit feels like this is they can get a power play goal if they need it, right? And this is completely different for from previous seasons where, you know, our power play is where games went to die. Like, I, you know, we defer the power play uh, most seasons last year. But now it seems like I'm like, oh, we got a power play. Like, we have a chance here to, you know, get a goal or, or shift momentum. Um, and Dougie continues to be um, the central point in that power play.
1: Yeah, the crazy thing about the power play is it's like even though it's ranked like 19th in the league or whatever like that, I'm pretty sure it's above 20% still, so like everyone's just scoring on the power play this season. Uh, power play success rates are just way up from the looks of it compared to pe- uh, previous seasons. Maybe teams are getting smarter in how they operate. Well, I mean, when you have
0: power plays with Seidel and McDavid, I mean, God.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're up at like 30% still, which is insane. You don't see that over a whole season too often so that's pretty crazy um but yeah the devil's power play is definitely it's uh i would say it's a net positive this year uh unlike the previous couple of seasons that's i think that's pretty obvious um so it's good that they have a weapon like that and dougie being healthy is a big part of it and they're using him properly like that goal he scored against Pittsburgh was that wasn't like an accident Bryce talked about it uh during intermission how that was the look they were trying to set up uh for Dougie so that wasn't an accident uh they have some new stuff that they weren't doing in their power play a season ago and that's why it's been so much more effective this season
0: Bruno's got the magic touch we yeah we talk about Bruno
1: yeah and he's definitely got it going this season for their power play that's for sure
0: yeah just don't ask him to drive a golf cart um <laughs> <laughs> Any other n- points of note? Uh, Malkin, as I said, continues to score against the Devils, had two goals. I, You know, I know the second one was a breakaway, but it was through the armpit. Uh, something- yeah,
1: on second look, he, Vanacek could have probably stopped it, but, you know, otherwise he was pretty good that game.
0: Yeah, and then uh, let me just check something here, but I think – just give me one second. Um Okay, never mind. I was going to say cuz Nico had the empty netter uh in the Penguins game and then but Ma- Dawson Mercer had a fantastic pass to him. Yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. Right? That was and yeah. I I thought Nico set him free um yesterday but it, it was Hollow and Graves, but uh regardless uh another uh great game from Dawson and let's hopefully this continues. Uh looks like he had 3 points, uh 2 points. Mercer, I think he had a yeah. goal in this list against Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. So, um, yeah, great stuff. I mean, uh, there's always that one team that uh, can be a confidence booster for you, and it seems like the Penguins are, are that team for the Devils this season.
1: Yeah, and you know they got one more matchup with them, but at this point, being I uh, you know I think I'm, today, yeah, they're up 12 points on the uh, the Devils are up 12 points on the Penguins for fourth place. And at this point in the season, I don't think Pittsburgh's catching them unless they go on like an insane heater. So um, definitely a good place to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Anything else you wanted to note from that game?
1: No, that's it for me.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, it was just pure domination. They outshot them crazy amounts. They they had more blocked shots. Uh, The Penguins did outhit them. Uh, Faceoffs were a toss-up. And, you know, the Devils won the special teams battle. Um, you know, the Penguins did get one, but so did the Devils, and the Devils got a shorty. So uh, advantage to the Devils there.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: All right, let's hop on to the Jets game yesterday. Now, this is the first time we saw the Jets this season, or the Devils saw the Jets this season. They are second or third in their division. They're you're near the top in the West What for what that means this season. You know, you're, you're, I would say they're a top, 12 team in the nhl uh from a power ranking standpoint what do you think
1: yeah i thought they were a pretty good team honestly just watching them play last night uh, i think the one thing they're really missing is a high-end score up front um i think you know with hellebuck covers up covers up a lot of stuff i i think they're a good team but like when you have a goalie like hellebuck i mean that does he's a Vesna he pl- he's massive so he's, he is yeah, massive he's a big boy. too yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, but I thought they were a good team. I thought the you know the Devils were the better team yesterday, but they were going toe to toe for the most part. Uh, it was a pretty competitive game, and um, it was a fun
0: game to watch. It was a fun yeah. game to watch. I know there was you know no action really in the second period. Um, we could start off at the beginning. I'd say Blackwood probably wants both of those goals back to start the game
1: yeah that was pretty bad on his part um I'm not really sure which one was worse uh the rebound he gave up on Perfetti's goal was awful that um that can't happen but his rebound control that's also what it is at this point I mean his rebound control is just not good so it's something you have to deal with when he's uh starting a game and then the second goal uh, I don't I mean I don't think he was screened on that I think it just he didn't track the I just think he, he didn't, didn't pick find, up yeah he didn't pick up the I don't think he found um, it and it went through him and you know two one jets but to his credit after that i um, mean he shut it down and he didn't let anything get past him and i thought he played quite well after that so it was a good response on his part
0: yeah to the blackwood point i think that's just give and take you're gonna have at this point he's clearly a backup but he's been a great backup uh since jan one right since he's come back um his, he has superb shot blocking ability at times. Um, he's great side to side, but he does give up juicy rebounds. I, I think that's just the scouting report on him at this point, right? Um, what else was a little bit different than previous games with Blackwood in net? Um, I think the past couple starts, we've just been getting hemmed in when he's been in net. Um, he, he's, you know, stopping 15, 13, something like that shots in the first period. And I, and ironically enough, I think that helps him get in a groove. This game was a little bit different. He gave up two goals on six shots in the first period. Um, so it was more of a, you know, you need to stop the puck when it comes to you opposed to, it's just the barrage, uh, to get you into the game. So I I don't know if that's something that's a, a trend or not, but that's something I did pick up a little bit in this game.
1: Yeah, I think that was the first game he's had since he came back from the injury where he's faced less than 30 shots on goal. Um, I'd have to go look that up after we're done recording here, but I I know he's faced above 30 shots and even 35 shots quite a few times since he came back from the injury. I think part of that is, one, the Devils weren't playing well at 5-on-5, so that was a factor, but also that he gives up juicy rebounds, so team's opponents are getting extra opportunities that they don't get with vanacek because vanacek's rebound control for the most part is quite good um so i think that's a factor but um yeah it was a little bit of a different game for him uh maybe that was part of the reason why he wasn't i guess in it in the beginning is that he just wasn't facing a lot of action but that's part of what comes with playing against the jets too they're not like they're not a team that runs up and down the ice and they're not high
0: event hockey. They're not high. Yeah. event hockey.
1: They're not going for like 35, 40 shots a game. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they do against the Rangers tonight. That should be another good game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just part of the, I guess, what you get when you play the jets and uh, black after that, you know, it was a little more action packed and black would face more work. So I think he settled. That's why he settled in, but he did settle in. And that's, what's important when he gave up those first two goals. I was like, Oh boy. You know, here we go. We might be in for one of those,
0: you know, black. You got a flurry of texts from me. I know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here to myself like, well, you know, I've got the Fisherman's a little upset here. He's a little worried what's going on with Mac. And I was thinking it to myself too. I'm like, well, this is not good. This doesn't look like it's going to get off to, it's going to be one of those starts where like Mac gave up like five goals on like 25 shots or something like that. But no, he was perfectly fine after that. So good job on his part.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic. And then let's see, uh, Dawson. I I want to touch on that first goal. Um, I know he scored off. It was almost like an own goal, really. But yeah, the play that brought him to the net was pretty spectacular. He was doing a three sixty and managed to bring the puck down from his waist. Um, for those that weren't watching closely, it was a stellar play on his part and showed incredible uh hand-eye coordination i i watched that a couple times this morning it was like that that's pretty special um the kid the kid has has it in him um and i know you tweeted the you know dawson's got the dog in him because of the empty net goal and whatnot and completely blew cole perfetti out of the water i think it was Cole, right
1: yeah it was Cole Perfetti.
0: yeah i mean that's i honestly if you're cole like just yeah i put i put your head down for the next couple games um but I just wanted to point that out because that was that was a pretty special play in my book.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you could point to that player or either, like you said, the empty net goal too. It's just and the reason I, I, I tweeted the meme of the dog got that dog in a meme is um, I was listening to the hockey podcast with Dmitry Filipovich uh, a couple weeks ago or like about a week ago. My friend actually told me to go listen to the segment, uh, and he said. Um, Dmitry Philipovich they were talking about, like these recurring dreams. The guest he had on, I think it was Thomas Dr- Drantz. They were talking about recurring dreams that have like hockey-related ones, and um Dmitri talked about this dream that he has, that you know about Dawson Mercer just has that dog in him, so that's why I tagged Dmitri in the tweet. um And Mercer really does have that dog in him. Uh, I thought like the, the empty net goal is what did it for me because he's just out hustle profetti whose skating isn't great, but still. He just completely outworked Perfetti. I mean, he and,
0: had at least three or four strides on Dawson before before that, you know, before the the chase was on.
1: Yeah, and no, he he really he was coming. He had to work to get back to Perfetti, and uh, by I mean he even outskated him by the time he got the puck and he went flying into the net. And I, I'm glad he wasn't injured because it looked like it could have been bad. But he got up because apparently he's like indestructible. So.
0: Um, Knock on wood. I'm knocking on all wood after you just said that out. Yeah, but you no, know, of what, what else? What else was was, was important? Was Graves and, and Nico answered the bell? I know it probably wasn't the Jets' fault, but regardless, you go answer the bell after a play like that, and and they were not happy with the Jets. Yeah, I don't. Perfetti didn't even really do anything
1: wrong on that. Like I,
0: I look, watch the replay. Oh, and I think he... it was um, it was the player after him, though. Oh,
1: the, the, after. Oh, I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, I think I don't think it was Cole per se because Cole didn't push him into the net. Yeah, it was after Dawson did his little spinorama off the pole or off the you know the the you know the iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, There was a player that clipped him after that, and that was a little like, hey, hey, buddy, get away! I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, you know that's 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 fisherman investigation right there. um But no, I, I was happy to see that they they were not having it, and, and and that was the whole game. Like even the the Brandon Smith thing in the corner. I know everyone's going to complain that Brandon Smith took Ealers out. No, no, no. Ealers started that. Brandon Smith just happened to finish it. Yeah,
1: I think what happened there is when Ealers fell to the ground, uh Smith kind of like stick tap or not stick tap, kind of like almost speared Ealers in a sensitive part of the male body. And that's, you can see where Smith's stick hit Ehlers, and then you can see where Ehlers was kind of reaching in pain. So um, I think that's what happened there. I think yeah, but, no, but before penalty. that, though... Yeah, I was... think he could have gotten a penalty for that uh, for before even spearing Ehlers, but uh, that's part of what
0: Smith brings to the team. He just
1: plays physical, and he'll kind of... you know He's, he's a afraid. junkyard dog. He's, yeah, he's not throwing, afraid to fuck threw...
0: it up. So. Yeah, and we need that on the back end. I mean... I I only think him, Siegenthaler, and Graves really are 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 nasty on the back end from a from a chip on the shoulder type thing.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, going back to Mercer too, that line again, Tatar and Heesher and Mercer really um was giving the were they were giving the Jets problems at five and five. They were the, the devil's best line at five and five after that fourth line of Boquist, Wood and uh, McLeod. Um they just played you know, they're playing like a top line, so obviously Ruff is going to stick with them moving forward because they're really creating chances uh, that they weren't getting from the palat heesher brat line in January.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, I think the second line was a little unlucky. Uh, I think they might have hit three pipes. Yeah, um, there was three of them.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: Jesper had that uh, breakaway of, uh, over Hellebuck's glove hand that yep. rang off the crossbar, and then I think back-to-back pipes for Hughes. Um, yeah. Excuse me, yeah, so, you know, a little unlucky, but, yeah, to, to your point, I don't think Jack had his best game, and I think he'd be the first to admit it.
1: Yeah, that line defensively uh, was a little shaky. Yesterday, maybe it was, uh, I'd have to go, like, look who their most common defensemen that were on with them, but, yeah, they, were, they weren't they were their best um, at 5-5 five and five yesterday, but, you know, I'm just kind of looking at the Devils' schedule ahead this week, you know, two of their games against the Flyers and the, the Canadians. The Kings are a pretty good team, so that'll be interesting to see on Thursday night, but, um uh, not really concerned with the Sharon Govich Brat Hughes line. I think they should be able to get it going this week. So um but yeah, I agree with you. I didn't think they had their best game against the Jets. I thought it was more the Heesha line and the, the fourth line that were really uh giving the team problems or giving the Jets problems.
0: Well, and let's let's get into that depth scoring. Uh Zeus with an absolute bomb off the crossbar and in, or bar down, as I like to say, uh with the kids. Um <laughs> you know it. I think Dano hit on it too. He had a couple shots that he just he lets them rip, right? Like he he you know, he just lets them rip. Um, but he doesn't hit the target very often. So I think with him it's more about, hey, let's get a little less juice on it and a little bit more accuracy. Um and and happy to see he got one and rewarded because you know, he's been really just making some really nice plays uh f- from an assist standpoint um but he does has the shot to 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 really get on a streak here and score some goals.
1: Yeah, his playmaking has been quite good since he came back into the lineup uh, before the All-Star break, but he hadn't scored and it was good to see him get rewarded. Uh you know, Hollow made a really nice play behind the net to strip the puck from I don't remember who the player was. Might have been Perfetti again, I'm not sure. But uh, whatever Jets skater had the puck behind the net, Hollow made a read, um stripped the puck away from him and then just uh fed a nice pass to Zettelin in the slot for the one timer. So um it was good to see getting some contributions from that line because they weren't really they weren't having a great game to that point. Um but you know they ended up getting the game tying goal. And that's what matters at the end of the day.
0: Yeah I thought Hall has had a nice week. Um a little yeah. under the radar um but I think he's had a nice week. He had the um goal in the blues game, which was an absolute snipe uh from from the from the uh slot um you know holly is what he is at this point. I know we see zaka putting up some points in Boston, but he's also playing you know with Pasternak. so like you would get points on that line yeah. um it's i think he he's he's settling into that third line center role, which we're not asking him to do too much so you know, I think with some consistency there and hopefully with line mates like Zetterland and Pilat, that line can really start to flourish now, or at least be serviceable.
1: Yeah. I think he's looked hollow. That is, has looked a lot comfortable at center since going back to the, that position. He looked good at center with Sharon Govich and Zettel when Hughes was out. So I think he's getting back into, I don't know how many goals he's going to end up finishing the season with, but Uh, He did have like four or five points this past week, I think. So it definitely looks like he's more comfortable playing down the middle.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then I guess we can get to the giant elephant in the room because I was happy that they scored and extended the lead. Um, But it was Miles Wood. Uh, And now this just means he's not getting out of the lineup for the foreseeable future. Yeah. you know, I know what Miles is and what he's meant to this team in previous seasons, but he's been the opposite of that this season. But happy to see him get on the score sheet. Uh, but more importantly, that pass from McLeod, wowzer! I think that was in ESPN top 10 this uh, this morning, number six. Um, so anytime that I'm in the gym and I see Michael McLeod making the top 10, you know, it, it was a full moon the night before. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's nice to see that line contribute, but, you know, I and, and not to not to you know, put down Bashin Cause I love Bashin. I think Bashin should be in before miles would, but Boquist has made that difference. He's turned that line around at least from a forechecking standpoint.
1: Yeah. Apparently Ruff had said he was looking for more speed on that line, which is why Boquist has stayed in. And, uh, you know, that game winning goal. Well, what turned out to be the game winning goal from miles was started by, um, well, it was really McLeod getting in on the forecheck first, but Boquist followed it up and, uh, kept the puck, uh, I guess he kept it moving to McLeod, and McLeod made that beautiful pass to Wood. Um, and I thought Miles actually had a really good game uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, he led the team in expected goals percentage when it was all said and done at 5-5. Five and five. Um, And he didn't, you know, he played more than five minutes, so you can't just be like, oh, well, it's a small sample. Um, so that's good that they found a fourth line that can keep going at this point because I think the team is better when they can roll four lines. I know Ruff said there's nights where I he's like, Well, if I have three lines that I think are gonna give me a chance to win, I'll roll three lines. But you know, if you get a line that can contribute like Boquist and Wood and McLeod have these last couple of games, that definitely uh, adds gives you some added depth moving forward, which they haven't really had since the start of you know, since the calendar flipped to twenty
0: twenty three. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but I still think they're gonna need to add something to the fourth line uh before the deadline if yeah. they really want to make a serious push here because uh i just don't think it's enough going yeah, into the playoffs. I
1: mean, we'll see what happens uh like getting some i guess we can start sh- shifting to like team news here in a second if they get someone like Team meyer that probably pushes some people down the lineup too so it'd be interesting to see how that would affect things as well
0: yeah exactly um and then uh, who was in that? Was that V Was that another win for VTech? against no, Blackwood? Like, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. We were talking about his, his poor start, but yeah, another yeah. win for Blackwood builds the confidence. Um, the one thing I did want to point on, uh, before I lose my mind, uh, Lindy did say he had a chat with miles, uh, after the Pittsburgh game. Uh, and it seemed like that chat worked. I don't know what he said to him. Um, I don't know if he was giving him talking about crypto or whatnot, but, uh, it seemed to have worked and, uh, miles got that point Uh, in that big goal. So uh, hopefully that continues into this week as they do have a little bit of a softer schedule. And as you foreshadowed, let's get into some team news. Uh, Devils are all the hype on the trade market, but nothing has materialized yet, as we all know, and are starting to grow a little impatient. Uh, The Rangers have made two trades. Obviously, the Islanders made the big trade. Toronto made the big trade. When are the Devils making the big trade, Alex?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to 32 Thoughts, at least the devil segment this mo- morning, Timo Meyer trade is not, doesn't look like it's imminent. Uh, Elliot Friedman said that, you know, Mike Greer is probably going to slow play this and he's just going to wait and then wait and then wait until, you know, someone bends to him. Um, and, you know, as Friedman said on that segment, it means two things that either Greer is bluffing that he doesn't have as good a deal. Um, as it may seem, or two, that he's kind of he's holding all the cards here, which is possible because you know he's trying to t- trade Timo Meyer. You know, I don't know what it means. Uh, other than that, it like maybe he is bluffing. I don't know. Maybe he does hold all the cards here, but it doesn't look like if you're expecting this trade to happen like tonight before the Rangers and Jets game happens. I think that's wishful thinking on your part. It doesn't even sound like. You know, the Sharks have let anyone uh, talk to Myers Camp about a contract extension yet. That was something David Pignotta had reported in the fourth period earlier this afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, just I know Devils fans are getting a little antsy here. Uh, I see it in my notifications all the time on Twitter. They, They just want this Meyer trade to happen. But you're probably going to have to wait in closer until the March 3rd deadline, which is, what, 10 days away now? 11 days or something like that?
0: Listen, though, this could be a risky game Greer is playing because oh, yeah, as, know, 100%. As, as we saw, Timo's day-to-day now, I mean, literally, devil, Devil's Twitter broke on Sunday. Yeah, uh,
1: everyone thought the trade was going down. I was I was out, I wasn't at home when it happened, but I got a DM from somewhere being like, Hey, Timo Meyer's not at practice today. I was like, okay, well, I guess. But know. he's in the
0: building, you know, is he packing yeah. his locker? I mean, I there was a complete meltdown on Devil's Twitter. Uh yeah. was it Sharon Pang. Um
1: Shang Pang, yeah.
0: Shang Pang, um, who made the uh the announce who's the uh Shark's beat writer. Um yeah, I mean, I I was I was you know going crazy. Kept refreshing Twitter every ten minutes. Um, the way I see it is, is I don't know. I mean, like if you're Fitz, do you just say, "Hey, here's an extra third. Let's get this done," or like, no, no, you just okay. to sit there and wait. You just like they the- definitely do have the best the best prospects and the best package to give, right? And, yeah. and until someone and you're right, I guess you don't want Fitz bidding against himself just to get this done um i i say it gets done by midweek
1: ah i think that's generous i don't think it's getting done until next week um okay yeah i mean Pinoda said in his article too that it does look like the devils are still the team atop the pack uh when it comes to acquiring meyer and you know Jeff merrick and friedman both said that on 32 thoughts this morning too that it you know appears likely that the everything seems to be leading towards the devils acquiring Timo Meyer, And then Friedman said, yeah, I agree with you uh, to Merrick. He said, I agree with you. Um, you know, everything I've heard is not only that, um, from people around the league, I guess not only thing, the only, no, how do I put this? Uh, It's not the only thing that I've heard that the devils want him, but that they're also the team that that needs him the most. most. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're just gonna have to be patient with it. Like, I said text of this to my friend earlier. Um, like if I remember right, Mark stone got traded after the 3 PM deadline on deadline day, when he got dealt from Ottawa to Vegas. Like I'm not saying that's when the Timo Meyer trade, is going to happen three after 3 PM on Friday, March 3rd, but I, you're just going to have to be a little patient with it because I don't think it's happening in the next couple of days. I would just kind of like from what's out there right now, I would just kind of be surprised if it even happened this week, but you know, things can change at this time of the year just with like one phone call like Friedman says. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I I know. I just gotta be patient and just get all 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 good things take time. Um all right, enough Timo talk. I mean, I think you know, Mike Rupp yeah. has, you know, he 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 puts all the all the devil's fans uh in yeah, the day 13. each thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Timo drinking coffee, dream, answering cell phones. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it happens. I don't think this is a Johnny Goudreau situation. I think Timo wants to come from all indications. I think he wants to sign long term. Um, but, you know, Greer's, Greer's doing what he's doing. He doesn't want to be seen as a pushover in his first year, and I can respect that.
1: Yeah, I think that's what that's exactly what's happening here. He's not going to just make the trade for making the sake of the trade, you know, for the sake of making a trade. So, I'm just going to have to be. Well, patient. the other thing is,
0: is like he got fleeced in that Burns deal. Yeah, um, that doesn't look great
1: so, in hindsight, for sure.
0: Yeah, so I mean, if if you're him, I'm not picking up Carolina's phone. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. I don't think
1: Carolina is going to be willing to give up as much as the team like new jersey because the devils just have more assets that they they can always they can outbid the hurricanes no matter what unless they're willing to give up alexander nikecian but i think it was pierre lebron who reported in the athletic that the hurricanes don't want to go there they they view nikecian as an important part of their future so um if they don't want to give up nikecian i'm not really sure how they top a devil's offer unless they put seth jarvis in it i'm not really sure that makes sense for the hurricanes either
0: yeah, exactly. Because I mean, Seth Jarvis would be like, uh, maybe he's a little bit better than Dawson at this point, but that'd be like us giving up Dawson Mercer, and I don't think that happening either.
1: Yeah, I think Seth Jarvis's upside's like definitely a lot higher than Dawson Mercer's. I think he could be a really, really good player uh, when it comes down to it. So, and I they need
0: centers, right? Like I always thought they would be in on the uh, Ryan O'Reilly deal. That's where I thought Ryan O'Reilly was actually going to go, and I was a little bit taken back that Dubis went and made that deal because. To me, the Leafs don't need centers. They they need defensive help.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was a little surprised to and see. And they me. went
0: and acquired two centers.
1: Yeah, on Friday night that they got Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. Um, and they're pretty set down the middle now. And I thought they would go for defense. but And I'm not really sure how they can make that work now. So it will be interesting to see if Dubis has anything else up his sleeve. Um, so... Yeah, I mean that. I guess that kind of covers it for Devils team news,
0: or at least for uh, Timo Meyer. Yeah, our- for Timo Meyer, I I know Penyota had a couple other names. Maybe he mentioned in his article. Do you want to touch on those? Um.
1: Yeah. So we, we've talked about Kevin LeBanc before, but there's nothing new to report there. You know, it's just also
0: out of the Sharks lineup, I must say.
1: Yeah, I think he's hurt though, or is he just a healthy scratch? I don't know. I but. think he
0: had a kid. Oh, did he? Oh, good for him. Um, I I could be wrong, but I think he's on daddy duty.
1: Oh, well, good for him! Congratulations to Le- the LeBanc family, if that's the case. Um, yeah, and I, one name that uh, I see like in my notifications sometimes, and that he's been linked to the Devils on the fourth period, is Max Domi. Um, you know, Domi's defensive game is like it's like non-existent, honestly, but he's a better scorer than a lot of the Devils' middle six swingers. Um, so I think if there's a path to the Devils acquiring Meyer, and then being able to get Domi in as well, or another depth forward. I think they could do it. It's just a matter. Of, they want to do it at least. I think that's my guess. Um, you can kind of shore up up front because they, they're good enough to make a run in the Eastern conference playoffs. Um, he's so,
0: nasty too, though. Like he's got some bite like his dad.
1: Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why that they would want to acquire him too. It's not just because he can score, but he's, plays with a bit of an edge and he was good for the hurricanes as a rental last season so um it'll be interesting to see if the devils if they want to make a move in addition to meyer um you know they're pretty crowded up front as it is but if you're going to get meyer it might take giving up like a sharon govich or
0: you know fabian zetterland you know james nichols tweeted during the
1: after zetterland scored in the jets game that the yeah, that
0: was a little interesting uh drop uh during the game
1: yeah, that Zettelund was a player that the Sharks have interest in. So, you know, if you're going to have to, if you're going to get Meyer, you might have to give up an nhl Um, So that could also put you in the market for someone like Domi. But um, I sort of like, I'm not crazy about the fit with Domi for the Devils because his defensive game is so bad. You have to find a way to cover that up. But he's definitely a better scorer than a lot of their middle six wingers. So if you can find a way to, you know, limit his defensive shortcomings. I don't mind the fit that much, but uh, you definitely have to find a way to do it.
0: Well, I mean, if you put him on a line with Palat and Hala, I think that pretty much shores up the defense um, and adds a little scoring too. Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. And maybe be- his maybe his defensive woes are a little bit exaggerated, being on such a poor team as well uh
1: i mean yeah i'm sure they probably a little worse than they would be on a, another team because the blackhawks are just not any good but he's just he's been a negative defensive player his whole career so um it'd be interesting to see how they would make that work if that's something they want to pull off in addition to
0: meyer i think he'd be pretty cheap right
1: yeah i don't think he'd cost more than I mean, Chicago would probably retain a little bit of salary since uh, the Devils need you know he's he only has a three million dollar cap it, but the, if the Devils are trying to get Meyer, they're gonna need they would need Chicago to retain a little bit of that too. But I don't think he'd cost more than like a second round pick and like a maybe like a B prospect or something like that. Shouldn't be too expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, should we get into our three segments this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We are back with Stat Attack, Alex. You want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, so I'm just going with a simple one this week. Um, you know, I talked a lot about in our January episodes about how the team was struggling at five and five. I wrote a lot about it in uh, you know, my takeaway pieces from games as well. But it does look like the Devils are starting to come to life at five and five this month in their seven games, which they're five one and one in February so far. By the way. They have an expected goals percentage of 52%, which ranks 12th in the league. Um, this is at 5 and 5 by the way. If I did not mention it before. Um, so it does, while they're not dominating teams uh, as they were like before uh, New Year's at 5 and 5 they're definitely back to at least these seven games that they've played so far this month. They're back to being one of the better 5 and 5 teams in the league. So it will be interesting to see if they keep it up for the rest of the month. You know, I mentioned it before, their schedule isn't you know the the canadians and the the flyers are two teams they should have no problem with at five and five different case with the los angeles kings because uh they're quite good five and five really their goaltending has been the biggest issue for them this season so um we'll see what happens but it does look like the devils are trending in the right direction at five and five this month
0: yeah definitely it's been nice to see it's been a little bit refreshing to see that that maybe wasn't just a flash in the pan with that style of hockey um, so hopefully they figured a few things out, cleaned up the defensive zone exits. Um, and you know, I think even Sh- uh, Shifley said it in, his, in his post game, the devils don't dump the puck in a lot. They like yeah, to carry the puck into the zone. Um, so it's encouraging to see that they, you know, well, I mean, the devils really aren't built to dump in the puck unless, you know, unless it's the fourth line. Um, but. You know, it's encouraging to see, and, and I think that Penguins was the springboard to that. But you did see signs of it in the Columbus game and a little bit in the Blues game, Um, but really hit it home this, this weekend with these two wins.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Uh, I've been waiting for this one for quite a while now. <laughs> uh, we talked about this during the 13-game uh, win streak. I tweeted about it last night from the Twitter account for this podcast. It is official. The Devils are 11-1 versus Canadian teams. We finally took down the last team of Winnipeg. Justin Trudeau, hand over the keys. (laughs) The Devils have annexed Canada. It is official. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I mean, it's incredible. It really is that they're 11-1, and and that one loss the NHL gave to Toronto. And we can confirm that because that was absolute BS and – you know, I don't condone throwing things on the ice, but, you know, that was that was brutal, that game. So it is official. Um, the Fisherman is the new prime minister of Canada. Um, so, yeah, uh, I will uh, hold out all parliamentary proceedings until the NHL season is over. But thank you. What? What? I mean, I know this is all a joke, but it, it's really, really astonishing that they've dominated north of the border as they have this season.
1: Yeah, I can't – when was the last time they beat every Canadian team in one season? That would probably be a good, like, trivia question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking it up, but – No, of course. (laughs) What what a fantastic, uh, you know, fun little game that these Devils have played with the Canadian teams. And hopefully they continue it this week against Montreal. Yeah, uh,
1: no, that definitely – I mean, probably the Canadians seem to be going full tank mode here for the rest of the season. So, yeah, hopefully it does continue.
0: Yeah, but then again, so are the Blues, and we've lost both games to them. So
1: that's a good point. Yeah.
0: So uh, I think that wraps up Stat Attack, and we can enter into the dungeon, Alex. Who are you throwing in this week?
1: Yeah. So this was a tough one to come up with. Like I would have put Miles Wood in because, but
0: you oh, you could to... still do it. I mean, that yeah, goal doesn't really have, change like, much.
1: Yeah. Like this, the the week before the the, the goal. He scored against the game winning goal against the Jets. It was just, it was not going well for him. So, um, you yeah, know, hopefully that Jets game is a bit of a turning point for him and that he can keep it up. I think he plays, been he looks, might be a little bit of a better fit with two guys like McLeod and Boquist who play with pace. Um, so hopefully he turns it around. But yeah, that game against the Blues was pretty bad. And then he only played five minutes against the Penguins and. In those five minutes, he had like an expect-the-goals percentage of like 8 or 10% or something like that. So yeah, it wasn't a good week for him despite getting the goal against the Jets. So I think i got to put him in the dungeon. But hopefully he's turning it around and that performance against the Jets gives him a little more confidence.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough not to do that. But uh, I'm going to be a little risky here. And for the sake of me not getting crucified on Twitter, I'm actually going to put Devil's Twitter in the dungeon. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah yeah i I put that stake in the sand um (laughs) we just need patience like let Fitz do what he does he he's rarely lost a trade he he clearly knows what he's doing as a gm and he's shown as much he's he's built this defense uh from nothing um he's drafted incredibly well like let's just be patient i think timo's coming and i think another piece is coming on top of that Let's just be patient. And if I'm completely wrong, I'll throw myself in the dungeon in two weeks if we don't make any moves or it's a reactionary move for Brock Presser. All right. But for now, devil's Twitter, pump the brakes, and let's just be patient. So y'all that are out there screaming and pumping memes out about him and and saying, you know, wake up, this, that, and the other thing, just just take a deep breath. He brought his Dougie Hamilton, he brought his John Marino. I know everyone freaked out when we brought in up Palat, but pilat has been great since he's been back. Um, I even think Eric Hall is going to really pay off uh, down the stretch um, at, when it comes to that third-line center role. He's done great things, so let's just, let's just be patient. Let's just be patient, and let's see what happens at the trade deadline. So, Devil's Twitter, you are officially in Devil's Dungeon.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, if uh, the Rangers hadn't made the Tarasenko and Tyler Mott trades, I don't think Devil's Twitter would be as up in arms as they are right now. Like, who cares if has made Bo, Bo-, Bo- trade? Right? They're, they're not making the playoffs, Like, especially since... Well, first Barton, of all, it's
0: but... Tyler Mott. If anything, they lost that trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gautier has been... It wasn't a weird trade, but Gautier has been decent for them, but Mott was a good fit for them last season, so I guess they're kind of hoping he can play what he the role he did the season ago. It was definitely an interesting trade. But yeah, I think if the... If the you know, the Rangers hadn't acquired Tarasenko and Mott already. I think it would be less up in arms right now. Um, like I said, the Horvat trade, who really cares? The Islanders are not going to make the playoffs without Matt Barzell in the lineup. You know, hopefully he's not hurt too bad, but it definitely doesn't sound good. So, uh, yeah, just be patient. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: let's just be patient. Um, and with that, that's uh, the end of Devil's Dungeon. Alex, you want to kick us off on three stars of the week?
1: Yeah, so I think this is the first time I've included him in my three stars of the week, but Eric Halla is my third star.
0: Ooh, getting a little spicy, a little finish.
1: Yeah. So he had a really good week. He had the goal against the Blues. He also had three assists. Two of them were primary assists. 15 shots on goal this week, uh, 21 shot attempts, 16 scoring chances, 9 high danger chances. He had a really good week. Uh, he looks a lot more comfortable playing third line center, um, and I hope Ruff keeps him there moving forward because it just seems like it's a better fit for him. Uh, so we'll see if the goal scoring picks up a little bit here at center. But I uh, can't complain with what he how he played this week. He was quite good, so I'm giving him three star of the uh, third start of the week.
0: Yeah, for me, it's going to be a tie for third star of the week. Um, And you can say that's not, you know, part of the rules. Well, tough luck. I make the rules. So um, my tie for third star of the week is actually going to be Sharon Govich and Zetterlin. Um, I think both of them have been very deserving. Sharon Govich seems to have picked it up um, in in a top six role, um, which has been fantastic. And I think Zetterlin's been great too. Um, He's been making some great, assists and and obviously had the big goal last night um so for me both of them um and and they what they represent to me is the secondary scoring that the devils need outside of the he hughes and brats um and to see them starting to pick it up it's really encouraging so uh happy to see that and they're both my third stars of the week those are good ones so you want to give us your second
1: yeah, so second, I feel like you could go either way uh, for first or second with this one, but I'll give Nico Heischer uh second star of the week. You know, obviously he had the big four-point game against Pittsburgh, and then he had the primary assist on uh, Mercer's goal against Winnipeg. He had five points for the week. Uh, looks like he's starting to get back in a groove after going, I think it was like three points in nine games, and those were all assists. He didn't, he didn't have any goals, so... You know, after going through a bit of a slump, which players do all the time uh, during the season, unless you're Jack Hughes, apparently. Um looks like Nico was getting going again. You know, all of his assists this week were primary assists too. So a really good week for him and it looks like he's back on a line that's uh, gonna gel for a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I I'm I would completely agree with you, but actually I'm gonna reserve him to share the first star of the week with who I think you're gonna put. But I'm actually gonna go a little bit different here. I'm going to put Jesper Brad as the second star of the week. Um, He kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but he had some really important goals this week. Um, I know some of his underlying advanced analytics weren't the best, but I think he drove a lot of play. He obviously had some big goals at one time or is just something special. And he's had some silky mitts this entire season. So for me, I'm actually going to go Jesper Bratt with the second star of the week. Um, I just think he gets a little bit lost in the shuffle sometimes with a lot of the big names up there. So uh, for me, I think Jesper earned it.
1: Yeah, that was uh, I forgot he had that goal against Columbus like seven seconds into the second period.
0: So Exactly, right? People forget. People forget yeah. that this guy is extremely sexy with the puck on his stick.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's good that you're giving him some love.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully his agents listen to this because can we get this wrapped up? I mean, how much more do you want to see, Jesper? Just take the team-friendly deal, eight and a half, you and Timo, Nico, Jack, wham, bam, couple Stanley Cups. All right. Who's your first star of the week, Alex?
1: Yeah, so Dawson Mercer, for sure. You know, four goals this week and five points total. Uh, He had the eight shots on goal against Pittsburgh. Kind of looks like he's getting back into a groove, playing in a top six role. You know, hopefully Ruff recognizes that and gives him an extended run in the top six because I think there's just a big difference between top six Mercer and bottom six Mercer. So, you know, hopefully he keeps going at the rate he he is and um, gives the Devils you know, a solid first line until whatever they do at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I think he's been great. Um, He's been, yeah, he's really been fantastic. Even if the devils do acquire a top six winger, I think he needs to stay there. I think he, he needs that strong center to keep, propel him and he he likes to get in the dirty areas and get that puck uh he's great on on the forecheck i mean uh, he's got great hands i I remember a couple times this week where he just like intercepted the puck uh where it was almost like a saucer pass and he just bats down out of the air and steals it so um his intangibles have been great um and i agree with you top star of the week and i and i i think he should share that spot with nico uh because both of them have I don't know if they've just been feeding off each other, but both of them really had weeks that really needed to re jumpstart their seasons a little bit.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: All right. Um, That's the three stars of the week. Let's look at the week ahead. Uh, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but we have the Canadians tomorrow night at the rock uh, followed by the Kings on Thursday. And then the, flyers on saturday uh i will be in attendance on saturday so come uh, come say hi uh even though none of you know who i am um but the i think important to note the saturday game they will be honoring the 03 team so if you guys want to get some fake rings uh, get there early i think first nine thousand fans in attendance uh will be there what, what are you hoping for this week i mean at least from my perspective i want six out of six
1: yeah, six out of six would be nice, but Los Angeles is not a bad team. So I think you're looking four out of six would be a good week. Anything better than that is obviously a great week.
0: Um, but it's kind of I'm funny because we play the Flyers awful. We like the, the games we've played against the Flyers this year have not been pretty. So I really – I need a big performance Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I am unfortunately not going to be around for that game. I have a wedding to go to, so maybe that will change the luck a little bit when they play the Flyers. I don't know um but yeah they haven't played great against the flyers this season so it'll be interesting and the flyers do play hard you know i guess it's a typical tortorella team that, that they just they don't really but they play. seem to
0: really really let go a little bit in the past couple weeks
1: yeah i think they're finally starting to get you know it's starting to get to them a little bit and uh, i'm um i they are definitely not a team trying to tank but i think they're going to lose a lot more games than they win for the rest of the season but they do play hard um so you can't discount that. And then the, the Canadians have really started to slip a little bit too after playing kind of like decent hockey to start this season. So those definitely should be two wins. But however you get to four points this week, whether it's beating the Kings and the, the Canadians or beating the Kings and the Flyers, you know, I think that's you want to get to the four point mark. Um just so you can kind of keep pace here with the Carolina and the Rangers, because those two teams at this you know, as we're recording this, they're not really losing at all right now. So you, and you want home ice advantage against um, the Rangers. If that's because it sure looks like that's going to be our, uh, the round one matchup uh, in the East uh, Rangers and devils. So you want a home ice advantage. So
0: you got to win what you got to win. So with the team being honored uh, on Saturday, let's just do a little bit of a flashback. If you were able to watch, who, what, what player would you be most excited to see? I, I don't know who the confirmed roster is. I don't think that's been, um, I don't think that's been released yet. Uh, at least I haven't seen it. Um, but from that O3 roster, who who are you most excited to hopefully be back in the building?
1: I would definitely be Patrick Eliash for me. He was my favorite double player growing up. Um, even, you know, with the whole era of Scott Niedermeyer um you know, Scott Niedemeyer, Scott Stevens, Brodura. I always loved Eliash. Just kind of like loved the way he played the game as a forward. Uh, someone uh, who, and yeah, I mean, someone who would i kind of really would like to see too is Brian Rafalski. I don't know if he's going to be there. Um,
0: I feel like yeah. he might just be like a public accountant somewhere, uh, yeah, and it's I'd tax like season, so, so I don't, don't know if he'll. Up to these days, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, where where in the world is Brian Rafalski? But I mean, really, just Scott Niedemeyer light, right? Yeah. Uh, Really great puck moving. To, I mean, he would be fantastic on this on this team right now. Oh yeah,
1: Prime Rafalski. Yeah, he'd be so good on this team.
0: Um, one other player of note um, that I hope is there. I don't know what he's doing these days. Is Jeff Friesen? Uh, he was he was huge on that team. I think he was their leading goal scorer that year. Uh, definitely in the playoffs, he was. Um, and you know, I, I I always thought he was a little underappreciated.
1: Yeah, Friesen would be cool. Yeah, it's like that's another play. Like, what's he's up to these days? Yeah, it's unfortunate I'm gonna miss it. I won't see it live. Maybe I'll DVR it and watch it the, the morning of, uh, the morning after. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see Friesen there.
0: Sounds too. like you might just need to stream it on your phone a little bit while you're at the wedding.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, we'll see how this wedding's going. Um, it should be fun time, but yeah, I mean, knowing my luck, the Timo Meyer trade is breaking when I'm at this wedding, so. Uh, yeah, if, if you guys are want the Meyer trade to happen sooner than March third, uh, look to Saturday. What is that? The twenty fifth. Look Saturday evening of the twenty fifth. Maybe that's when it happens. When I'm not around, so. We'll
0: yeah, see e- either way, it should be a fun night. I, I, I can almost guarantee Gomer will be in the building. Yeah, he'll um, be. It'll be interesting to see if Langenbrunner makes it because I know he's part of the Bruins organization right now. Um, it, obviously Breeland will be there he'll be on the bench Dano will be in the booth uh Eliash for sure will be there he's he's uh forever connected to the team uh Brian Gianta. um I, I think he'd be there Jim McKenzie I'm sure will be there he's part of the Panthers organization I believe or yeah, was that the stars is the Panthers uh, or the stars yeah I'm not sure I thought and please. Joe Joe Neuendijk. I'd love to see big Joe back in the building um yeah, we'll see i think these days yeah too. that would that'd be great uh Jay is on the island is he still on the island uh no isn't he coaching so I thought he was
1: up in the Boston area
0: okay maybe but it'd be great to see him um obviously I think we'll get St- Scott Stevens there yeah uh, Marty will be there do we think we'll get a tommy albilene sighting?
1: Oh, that's another guy. What's he up to?
0: Um,
1: nah, I don't know. That one could go either way for me, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, John Madden. I know he, he's coaching in the yeah, – He's an
1: assistant coach some, somewhere. I don't remember where, but he's definitely on someone's coaching staff.
0: You know Grant Marshall will be there because he's at yeah, like literally he's every there. Devils game. Um, yeah. so it, it should be a fun night. I hope I hope they get you know good attendance. Obviously, we'll see Mike Rupp. I mean he's he's in the Sakakas Studios just hammering for Timo Meyer. So maybe that would be a that would be a little fun thing if Mike Rupp came out and announced the Timo Meyer trade. I think the building would explode. Oh, that would that would probably make for
1: the craziest environment because you announced that it's like this is unlikely to happen but like imagine he announces that in the after the pregame game ceremonies open like over and the game hasn't even started yet the crowd would be going absolutely wild
0: absolutely wild and and we all you know for those that are on devil's twitter uh you know he's been clamoring for it for the past uh 13 days i think it is now yeah, um, so yeah either way it should be a fun night i'm excited to see what the media team does with um you know with the some um, when I'm talking about, uh, video highlights from that season. Um, I know I was there uh, when they uh, when the Cup got uh, came out against the Ducks. Um, that was, you know, one of all time moments that I had with my father. So um, I'll definitely have goosebumps uh, when when that team comes out and, and they honor them, and, and rightfully so.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, anything else you want to add, Alex?
1: No, I think that covers it. For this week, you know, um, trade deadline's getting closer. Actually, next one, yeah, the next episode we do will be the last one before the trade deadline. So.
0: It will be the last one before the trade deadline. And um, I can guarantee, I know we've been promising a guest uh, and we're still working on it. It's just, it's extremely busy during hockey season with, with some of these people we're trying to get on. But I can guarantee a guest next week, uh, a special guest in that. Uh, I won't say who it is. Um, but next Sunday we will have a special guest on the pod.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It should be interesting.
0: Interesting is one way to put it. Um, (laughs) all right. With, (laughs) with that being said, um, you know, let, let's go get six points this week. And, um, that's a wrap on episode 20. I mean, I can't believe we're already at 20 episodes. So, uh, thank you to all our listeners, Uh, really appreciate it. I think we eclipsed 400 uh, last week. So uh, that might seem like a small number to to some of you, but that's a huge number to us. So we really do appreciate everyone that listens uh, and takes the time to support this uh, little endeavor of ours. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that being said, let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.